This is The Drive Podcast with Josh Graham. Welcome to the internet, my friend. How can I help you? Check out The Drive weekday afternoons at 3 on WSJS Sports. Friday Drive, WSJS, News Talk Sports for the Triad, where this might be one of the best sports weekends of the year. In college football, you've got conference championship games. You've got the final playoff rankings that drop on Sunday, which means we'll have our playoff matchups and all the bowls figured out by the next time we talk to you. There are ACC conference basketball games this weekend, including one involving Wake Forest tonight. Plus, the NFL, the U.S. national team facing Netherlands in the knockout stages, all that's just piled on top. But of chief importance is North Carolina Clemson tomorrow night in Charlotte. And this time of year, when forecasting what's going to happen in college football, you've got to ask yourself this question. Who cares about this game and who doesn't? Now, that's sad, but frankly, that's where we are. Look at the Sunbelt title game where Troy's a massive favorite. Is it all because Troy's playing well and Coastal's kind of limping in? Grayson McCall dealing with something. Maybe he's not going to play in the game. Or does a lot of it have to do with we don't know how Coastal's going to respond to the news that their coach, Jamie Chadwell, just took the Liberty job. Who cares about winning this game and who doesn't? Opt-outs in bowl games. Certainly something that matters once we get the bowl season, so on and so forth. So here's how I read the ACC championship. If Clemson wants to win tomorrow night, it will. Now that might sound like a given to you, but I don't think it is. Even though they didn't play in the championship game last year, there is a little bit of a SEC bowl game possibility, like a Alabama playing in the Citrus Bowl vibe to this a little bit. There's a chance of that. And if Clemson feels that way even just a little bit, then they might be in danger because North Carolina does not feel that way. North Carolina has not won an ACC title since 1980 when Lawrence Taylor was booking double-digit sacks. You know they're going to be fired up. You know they're going to be giving their best. Clemson, their standard this year was making the college football playoff, getting back there. They just lost to their rival a week ago. They might be disenchanted, discouraged, and feeling like that their season is already a failure in their minds. Well, North Carolina knows if they win this game, it could be the greatest season in school history still on the table. If you win an ACC championship and win a bowl game, you're talking about 11 wins, and no North Carolina team's won more than 11. When motivated, Clemson can easily wreck a game with their front seven. They might be the best front seven in the nation. Two top ten picks in Brzee and Miles Murphy, plus another first-rounder in Trenton Simpson, who once upon a time was a North Carolina commit, plus triad kid K.J. Henry, who's from West Versailles. Georgia Tech and NC State, they both got the Drake May. That's why North Carolina's offense has looked subpar in the last few weeks. They've bottled up the running game. 
That might have something to do with North Carolina's running back room getting a little banged up down the stretch. But early in the year, I remember Max saying something we tried to do all offseason long, and we've been practicing in camp, was getting the ball out of the quarterback's hand quicker because we don't want a repeat of last year with the O-line. We don't know how they'll hold up when they play some of these great fronts. And we know State has a good front. We know Georgia Tech's actually sneaky good in that department. But nobody's as good as Clemson is, especially in the ACC, especially among the teams that North Carolina has played this year. Teams have made an adjustment. And Clemson certainly qualified to give North Carolina a ton of problems offensively. Then on the other side of the ball, this has all the makings of a Will Shipley game. Oh, goodness. He's had a great year. Over 1,000 yards rushing, 14 touchdowns on the ground, and North Carolina is pretty bad against the run. 91st in FBS out of 130. 13th out of 14 teams in the ACC. And here's the kicker with Will. He grew up in North Carolina, a huge NC State fan. Everybody in his family went to state. And this is the first time he's ever had a chance to play against the Tar Heels. So you don't think he's motivated? How about you listen to him and then uh, and then make up your mind? Growing up an NC State fan, you know, you, you hate the Tar Heels. That's just how it is. Um, every family reunion, you know, no blue whatsoever, uh, or you'd have to leave the house. Uh, yeah, so, you know, there's there's definitely a little bit of fuel to the fire. It's just how I how I grew up. Um, but at the end of the day, we're just trying to go win another championship and, um, and you know, send these seniors off with a, with the ACC championship ring and, and, and beyond that. On Twitter, at WSGS Radio, if you want in. I was telling WD, I went to my first Christmas party of the year last night. Had a great time. I love all the Christmas games and such. I do get in the holiday spirit. You've painted me as Scrooge because I don't listen to Christmas music before Thanksgiving. But now that we're here, yeah, I listen to the music, get involved in the fray, and it appears that I might have riled people up when I said before that Rudolph is not the best reindeer. You believe Rudolph's the best reindeer, which I believe is like saying, oh, yeah, I love getting a cappuccino from Starbucks. It's basic. Is it like that? It is like that. Oh, it's a, I see. It's a basic answer. For me, hey, I live in Winston-Salem. I live in the Dash, so I'm all about Dasher. <laughs> or Vixen, great name. Who's the best reindeer? 336-777-1600. Let's go to Angela in High Point who wants in on this. Angela, what do you got? I have got the best reindeer because it's Dancer. Dancer is. Why? Dancer. Because without Dancer, they wouldn't stay in rhythm. I mean, can't you see Dancer? He's got his little headphones on, and he's listening to the Bee Gees from the 80s, and then he's listening to ABBA from the 80s. So. He's keeping everybody going, and that's what makes them the best. Yeah, it's great analysis. Thanks for the call, Angela. You know, you made your argument, and you're right. It's important for the reindeer, when you work as a unit, to be on the same page. Can't have any false starts or anything of that sort. So it is dancer that kind of gets them where they need to be from a choreography standpoint. And yes, Dancer probably has the ox court, if that's still a thing that people use nowadays. 
Dancer's the one that's playing ABBA. Steve Forbes, huge ABBA fan, by the way. Not just Dancing Queen. They, they got a number of, of hits that I'm sure Dancer is a big fan of. So I appreciate that sentiment. Who else do we got? I think Garbage Mike wants in on this. Okay, Garbage Mike. What do you think? He is one of the graham crackers, so he's <laughs> got the VIP card for, for the drive. Who's the best reindeer? You know, Josh, the uh, the Santa Claus is number four on Garbage Mike's uh, top Christmas movies list. Okay, let's get through and the rest so, of those. Do we have do we have the countdown voice that we can get from four to one real quickly so we can see in what order? When you say that the Santa Claus is top four, is it number four? Number four. All right, Josh, pull it on my list because I have to make one. Number four. The Santa Claus with Tim Allen. Okay. Number three. Number three. I have Fred Claus. Okay. Number two. I see that. Number two, Christmas Vacation. Always a classic. Wow. Number one. You're boxed out. It's What's number one? Life. Oh, it's a wonderful life. Oh! Thank you. That's that a great list. That is my favorite. That's a great list. Okay, Garbage Mike. Is the ultimate, you know, small town guy you root for. I, I can almost quote it, that movie verbatim. Where Love do you it. where do you stand on the reindeer conversation, though? Sorry, we got sidetracked. Yeah, yeah. Oh, reindeer conversation, man. You gotta go, Rudolph. He lights the way. Without him, Sam don't know where he's going. Valid argument. I just disagree with it. You're basic too, cappuccinos and stuff. But it's a pretty good list you came up with. Appreciate that, Garbage garbage Mike. Didn't think this would be such a controversial topic, but here we are on this Friday afternoon getting into the real hard-hitting stuff. Now let's get into something a little bit more lighthearted. Kanye West. Just kidding. How about Matt Rule? (laughs) He knows we can hear him, right? Like, he knows we have social media and YouTube. We can remember things. He did a 30-minute sit-down with Scott Fowler of The Observer. And among the things he did, he claimed that he did not have final say on personnel decisions. That's among the things he said. If you think I'm misquoting him, he said, quote, there was a myth that I had personnel control. I never made a draft pick, he says. Okay. Here's some video to refute that, or some sound, I should say, of Matt Rule making a draft pick of Chuba Hubbard a few years ago. What's up, man? You know, I couldn't sit there and watch you run wild on me all those years at Baylor and not take you when I had a chance. <laughs> yes, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity. This, this is true. Oh, this is true. I got to tell you this, man. About 10 minutes ago, my wife texted me and said, please take Chuba Hubbard. So, she speaks, it happens. We're excited to have you, man. Yes, sir. Excited to be there with you. Hey, here's our owner, yes, Mr. Tepper. Yes, sir. I got to tell you, you made it easy for the coach right now. Because his wife, <laughs> that's actually absolutely true story. Show me the text. <laughs> she said, you better come home and you better have you. I'm telling you the truth. It's a damn truth. Anyways, congratulations. Glad to have you. Okay? Thank you. Okay, yeah. So maybe it is not Matt Rule. Maybe it's Julie Rule that has final say. <laughs> he says that the plan was always to be a late-arriving team, saying, you know, we were always looking at the last five games as if four of the first five weren't at home. Oh, yeah, we were really circling playing Tampa Bay and New Orleans the last two games going into the year. And then he essentially said, if I wasn't fired, we would have been the Washington Commanders. We would have been seven and five because Ron Rivera was one and four. Okay, but Ron didn't lose his fifth game 
by 22 points at home a week after losing by double digits and not scoring an offensive touchdown. So, Matt, stop it. We can hear you. Nobody's buying what you're selling. Now back to The Drive with Josh Graham. Grimsley Weddington tonight for a regional final in Greensboro. Dave Pulaski will be calling that game and will join us in just a few minutes. We'll get into the high school state playoff picture momentarily. But before we get to him, the Charlotte Hornets have the Washington Wizards tonight. And since the calendars flipped to December, what better time? Then now to check in on the Hornets' tanking campaign. WD, this is good news. There seem to be five teams that have separated themselves among the league's worst. Five that have either five or six wins. Because once you get out of that five and six win group, you have the Lakers who won eight games, and you know they're trying to win. They don't have a pick next year, and they have LeBron who's trying his best to improve this roster. And then you get to the teams that have four or five more wins. Listen, this is the five-team group that is among the worst of the worst in the NBA. And Charlotte is a part of it. It's Orlando, Houston, Detroit, San Antonio, Charlotte. Those are the five teams that have five or six wins. But tonight concerns me. Tonight concerns me as a game Charlotte could win. It's so strange. The only way that... I derive joy out of this season now is by listening to Eric Collins dunk highlights or, you know, watching the Charlotte Hornets lose. I check every morning to see whether or not they lost. And that's what fills me with joy at this point, hoping that they could get Scoot Henderson or Victor Webanyama. Charlotte has won two of its last three games, believe it or not. The last time we saw them was when they got completely dismantled by Boston the other night. Meanwhile, Washington, even though they're 500, 11, and 11, they've lost four of their last five. So Charlotte seems to be kind of trending in one direction and Washington in the other, but this is what gives me hope. Still no LaMelo Ball, still no Dennis Smith Jr., still no Gordon Hayward or Cody Martin. All of them are out tonight. Charlotte is at home against Washington, and if they lose... It quickly becomes a three-game losing streak because tomorrow the Milwaukee Bucks are in town. And Milwaukee has the second-best record in the NBA. So this is a pivotal game tonight, WD. Big. We need Charlotte to lose this game so that way they lose tomorrow against Milwaukee as well. There are some people listening to our voices thinking we sound sad. Oh, you were talking about you check every morning to see if they want it. Literally, when I was having my coffee this morning, the first thing I did when I opened my computer is check the NBA standings, mm-hmm. see where they were at, and right near the bottom they were. Yes, they were. That's what makes me happy. The Carolina Hurricanes make me happy, too. They've won. They've won three in a row. Dropped the sixth spot on the St. Louis Blues yesterday that makes me really happy 
does make me happy to know that we've got high school football, state playoff action tonight. A number of our triad schools are still in action. It is a 7.30 kick for Grimsley and Weddington tonight. 7 o'clock pregame start right here on WSJS. And Dave Pulaski has been calling games all year long alongside Drew Brackett. It's always a good sign when you have decisions to make. What game that you go to. I, I have a feeling that it wasn't that difficult of a call to go with Grimsley as our high school football game of the week. Dave, how would you describe the last two weeks of playoff action for Grimsley leading into tonight's regional final? Uh, Nail-biting was the first word that just came to mind as you uh, went through that. I mean, they had to hold on against Independence after building up a nice lead. And then, I mean, you can't get much more dramatic than what they had last week against Huff. Going triple overtime, 40-37, to back-and-forth battle. A defensive struggle early in the game. In fact, all the way up until the fourth quarter, and then things opened up. And uh, I mean, you just couldn't ask for much more of a roller coaster ride than what they had there. And it'll be interesting to see how they respond to that this week because, you know, do they have a letdown after that emotional win, or does that spur them on? And does that push them to Chapel Hill next week? Yeah, they'll place either if they win Millbrook out of Raleigh or Newburn out east in the 4A state championship game. In terms of matchup, is Weddington the toughest team that they've faced thus far? I would actually say Huff is probably tougher, uh, at least on paper. But that said, Weddington has been a power program for the last several years. They won state championships three out of four seasons between 2016 and 2019. Uh, they have an excellent coach in Andy Capone. Uh, so they could present some matchup problems uh, for Grimsley. So, I, I, I think it's it's going to be anybody's ball game tonight. Looking at some of the other local teams, Reedsville's facing Burns tonight. Is this another ho-hum title run for the Rams? I wouldn't necessarily call it a ho-hum title run, especially because it ended up uh, falling short of their goals last year, not even making it to the state championship game uh, last season when they got knocked out by Shelby. But uh, this is a formidable Burns team that has knocked off a couple of good opponents along the way. Uh, I, I wouldn't say this is going to be a cakewalk win for, for Reedsville by any stretch of the imagination, but the Rams are playing their best football of the season right now, and that's exactly where they want to be. Did this sneak up on you at all? Talking about in 1A, Mount Airy facing Drawn, that being a regional final? A little bit, yeah. Uh, I knew Mount Airy was a strong team, but, I mean, looking back at, at recent history, Mount Airy's had a lot of really strong teams that have, for whatever reason, whether it's been just a matchup that doesn't favor them or just bad luck or just a, a bad game that happens to pop up at the wrong time. They haven't been necessarily successful in the playoffs. So to get all the way into the regional final as a number four seed, uh, that bodes well for the Granite Bears. And uh, it's going to be exciting to see what they can do tonight. All right. Dave Pulaski, 7.30 kick, 7 o'clock pregame, yes? Yes, sir. That's what we got tonight for Grimsley and Weddington. Getting to your Jets real quickly. Are you a believer yeah. in White Mike? Oh, give me the Mike White experience all day. White Mike. That's what we, that's what Robert Walsh started calling him, and that's why we're sticking <laughs> with with White Mike. That's that's his name. If they make if they make the playoffs with Mike White at quarterback, I'm going to buy one of those uh, black alternate Mike White jerseys. <laughs> he's such he's such a bro. I I heard him slip up a little bit. I I thought I almost got him to say White Mike, which I, one of these days I will when they when they make the playoffs. Dave, <laughs> all right, have a great call tonight, and then obviously next week you'll get a chance to be calling state championship action. Have a great call. Fingers crossed. Appreciate it, buddy. Thank there you. There he goes, Dave Pulaski, joining us on. 
WSJS. The white mic experience. Got into the NBA discussion for a second there with the Hornets. Got this tweet in here. You going to talk about Chris Paul? Oh, boy. Don't think I am. Yeah. But don't think... <laughs> I'm always game to talk about Chris Paul. Yeah, we enjoy it. Oh, my there. gosh. Love Chris Paul. Love Kanye West music. <laughs> Today is not a great day to talk about either. Mm. <laughs> you could get on the Google machine on that one. Yep. They, they can. Google can help you out. Check this out. We're on at five. The perfect blend of sports and pop culture happens this evening at six with the Rich Eisen Show. Okay, let's get this show rolling. Now back to the drive with Josh Graham. This is our public service to the triad. We call it weekly positivity because it's super positive. It's also super weird, which is why I like it too. It's different than what anybody else tries to do. You turn on sports talk shows, fire up ESPN. They're probably going to be breaking down USC and Utah tonight. Oh, we'll do that. Just give us a few minutes. But our priorities, I think, are in the right place. What you're not going to see Paul Feinbaum, Paul, or any of those folks doing is whispering niceties into the radio. If you want to participate and just tell us something good, 336-777-1600 is the phone number. It could be sports-related. Maybe it's not. Usually it's more fun when it isn't. Let's dive right in. You have the minimum amount. It's raining. Hi, Will. Hi, Josh. 336-777-1600 on Twitter at WSJS. Radio, if you'd like to tell us something good. We have ACC basketball conference games this weekend. Wow. That's good. Other than North Carolina and Virginia Tech, what is the best game of the bunch? I'll run them off. Wake Clemson, Pittsburgh, NC State tonight. Tomorrow, Syracuse, Notre Dame, Florida State, Virginia, Boston College at Duke. And on Sunday, in addition to Tar Heels, Virginia Tech, Miami at Louisville. Most of those games don't seem good, but maybe Notre Dame, Syracuse? That's kind of what I was thinking, along with Wake Forest. I don't know. Boston College and Duke. Yeah. That seems like a sneaky good one. 
336-777-1600 if you want in on the show. Who just called you, WD? We've got the voice of the Carolina Thunderbirds on the line. Is it Brett? Yeah. Wiseman? Brett, you've got hockey tonight and tomorrow night at the Annex. That's good. That's very positive, Josh. Tell me I something. Will. Good to talk to you guys. Uh, okay, I'll get out of that voice for a second. No, no, no. You have to stay in the voice. You gotta stay in the voice. You gotta keep the voice. Yeah, you stay in the voice. Stay in there. Okay. So tonight, Josh and Will, we have our annual teddy bear toss. That's good. So everyone who comes to the game tonight, bring a teddy bear, toss it on the ice after the Thunderbirds score their first goal. All those teddy bears will be donated thanks to our friends at Surf Pro of Winston Salem to various local charities, including Brenner's Children's Hospital. We also encourage you to bring a new unwrapped toy to donate to Toys for Tots for their 75th anniversary. Well, that's good. Uh, what happens if they don't score tonight? If we don't score, then I guess you just keep your teddy bear? <laughs> so I'm sorry, that was, that was not good. It's not in the spirit. Tell me something else that's good, Brett, before we let you go. Anything else going on with you that's good something else that's going on with me that's good hmm. yeah because you're a blues fan and the carolina hurricanes that wasn't yeah, good not, if you were a blues fan last josh, night josh i'm gonna stop you right there we're not gonna talk about that six goals or are we going to talk six. about the green bay packers six we're not gonna talk about that especially no that's not good all right Brad, topic. Have, i'll have tell fun you what's good though oh tell me the carolina thunderbirds at home tonight and tomorrow night that is good yeah all right, thanks, Brett. It's good to hear your voice, buddy. Here he goes. Brett Wiseman. We need, like, a a whispered Canes sounder to start to play during the Or I was thinking the whispered Boston College. Ah, yeah. Just a little bit too loud, I think. Boston College. Boston College. Boston College? Yes. <laughs> a little bit like that. That's pretty good. I learned recently that... Brett's actually related to our friend with the News and Observer, Steve Wiseman, who covers Duke. Oh, I didn't know that. Small world. Tell me something good, Will. Well, speaking of Duke, that's where I'm going to be on Saturday for the first time this year. Can I hear that whispered, faded Boston College? Boston College? Tomorrow? Yeah. Someone came up to me last night and said that. Some random dude. Boston College? It's growing. It is. I'm putting up my Christmas tree tonight. That's good. How big is it? It's a seven-footer. Yeah, our tree's about seven and a half, eight feet. The box has just been sitting in my living room for a week, and tonight's the night. I had my first Christmas party of the year last night. How would that go? Oh, it was great. Yeah. I love Christmas parties. I'm a sucker for playing those games. What game? Uh, we played... What did we play? See, Thanksgiving, we were with the family. We played some corny games. And if it involves, like, charades of some sort, I'm usually in. Oh, yeah. I love charades. Or some, like, wordplay or something like that. I got completely tripped up, though, on claymation. I had no idea how to act out in charades, claymation. That sounds a little tricky. It's very tricky. That's not good. We knew it was all Christmas-themed and... Claymation was the one, so no idea how to act out Claymation. <laughs> At any rate, anything else to share? 
on I've, Weekly Positivity? I finished a book this morning. You read books? Yes, I read books. What did you read? It was a Yankee book on the 06 Yankees. What's the last non-sports book you read? It was probably a Star Wars book. What's the last sport, non-sports or non-Star Wars book you read? I don't know, honestly. I couldn't tell you. It's been a little while. <sighs> and that's been Weekly Positivity. Getting the USC in Utah tonight. Give me the Utes. This is when it falls apart for USC. It hasn't really at all in any game this year. You just know they're due for it. Are they or are they not, as of right now, still in the Pac-12? They are in the Pac-12. And what does the Pac-12 do? The Pac-12 pees down their leg at the last second every time they have a chance to make the playoff. It's what they do. And does anybody else feel like it's too much too soon for USC? You're not going to find a bigger Lincoln Riley fan than me. Love Lincoln. Did the Stephen A. Smith thing that SNL Jay Farrow used to make fun of Stephen A. doing. You're not going to find a bigger fan of LeBron James than me. We've, <laughs> we've had many deep, long embraces LeBron and I, we've stared into each other's eyes, LeBron. Just realized that I did that to a degree. Not what I meant to do. It just feels like the defense isn't good. Doesn't just feel that way. It is that way. Their defense isn't good. And this is his first year. And you're just going to get to the college football playoff? Now, a lot of that has to do with the portal. <laughs> and NIL... <laughs> Jordan Addison, that comes to mind. And I, I just read a tweet from Andrew Carter. Mac Brown's meeting with reporters right now at the ACC championship game, and Mac just said, one UNC starter told Mac he's had 15 offers to transfer for NIL money. Mac calls it a huge problem. Quote, people that are tampering with your team trying to lure them thinks that UNC has lost five recruits because of it too. Could that starter rhyme with schmake schmay? People, people trying to get Schmake Schmay to play for them? It's entirely possible. You know? Alabama? Hey, you were once committed here. We got some money. You want to make a million dollars? Want to be the guy that follows up Bryce Young? How about you do that? Yeah. Imagine if next Tuesday that, that headline comes down. Hey, Drake May's entering the portal. I'd be devastated. If Jordan, don't say it can't happen. Do not speak this into existence. Don't say it can't happen. <laughs> Jordan Addison, you know that you know there's an award called the Blitnikoff, right? Yeah, I've heard about it. Mm -hmm. Jordan Jordan Addison won that award last year. Best receiver in college football, and USC paid him to leave. That's what happened. Don't don't tell me it can't happen. I hope it doesn't, but. Mac Brown, there's a reason why he continues to talk about this day after day after day after day. Here's all you can hope. That the starter who has the 15 offers is Schmake Schmay. And that, because the reason, if he's telling Mac Brown about it, it means he's probably not transferred. 
<laughs> you know, I, I don't think, I don't think you're going to coach. Hey coach, BT dubs. I've got 15 offers to play somewhere else. I'm really trying to consider my options. Now can we talk about this game plan for Saturday night? I, I don't think that's how it works. I don't. So let's hope that that's Drake May. Because <laughs> if it isn't, I'd be worried. I'd be checking in if I'm Mac every day. Hey, buddy. So get yeah, some guys who got some offers and you're pretty good. Pretty good player. Uh, you happy? You know, is there anything we can help you out with? <laughs> Yeah, I just realized we have not broke down this USC Utah game. No, not no. Just schmake schmake, schmake schmake. Turnover luck. USC, I can't get past this. They have forced twenty four turnovers this year and have only turned it over four times. Utah seems like the team that could really mess that up for you. <laughs> they just do. With Kyle Whittingham, and we've seen this movie before. Oregon, great season last year. Only loss in the regular season was the Utah. Who did they play in the conference championship game? Utah. What happened in that game? Utah won. I think that's what we see tonight. And not having Travis die, that's eventually going to catch up with them. A lot more Caleb Williams runs the last few weeks. Utah, I think, adjusts to that. Give me the Utes tonight to pull off the upset and to throw some more chaos into the college football playoff picture. This is it. You ready? All right, hold on. All right, do it, do it. All right, listen up. It's The Drive with Josh Graham. Tomorrow night, when I'm out on the field at the ACC Championship in Charlotte, I might get choked up. I might get emotional because it will be the final game that a team is representing the Coastal Division in the ACC. That representative is North Carolina. And because divisions are going to be thrown out the window starting after tomorrow, this is the end of Coastal Chaos. This is the end of it. So before we completely say goodbye and fully pour some out for them, let's go over some of the memories because it was spectacularly and magically absurd when you go back and look at some of the things that have happened over the last decade. Really since the Pitts, the Louisvilles, the Syracuses of the world joined the conference. Think about this. Right now, in its current iteration, and for the last seven, eight years, there have been seven teams in the Coastal Division. Yet, WD, the Coastal is so wild, they figured out a way to have eight different teams win in eight years. Huh? Yes, we're counting Notre Dame in 2020. We've never seen anything like that in any division in college football. Let's go through it year by year. 2013, Duke won the Coastal. 2014, Georgia Tech. 2015, North Carolina. 2016, Virginia Tech. 2017, Miami. 2018, Pitt. 2019, Virginia. 2020, Notre Dame. That is eight different teams in eight years. It's a wheel of destiny from the Coastal. And 
There are three moments in coastal history we will never forget. 2012, if you know, you know, there were three teams to finish five and three. North Carolina, uh, Miami, and Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech went to the championship game. Oh, was it because of one of those tiebreakers that Georgia Tech had? No. Miami and North Carolina both had self-imposed postseason bans. So, three-way tie for first place. Two of the teams could not go because they had self-imposed postseason bans. Georgia Tech to the championship game. And that did not stop North Carolina from having coastal championship rings that year, even though they didn't play in the ACC championship game. That was 2012. 2014, Virginia Tech and Wake Forest. The magical Frank Beamer arms extended picture of 0-0 at the end of four quarters. Oh, but Wake Forest isn't in the Coastal. That day they were. That day they were an honorary Coastal Division team. Coastal Divi- coastal chaos in Dave Doran. Not Dave Doran. Dave Clawson's first season. But the most magical moment of the Coastal Division. The most Coastal moment of the entire 17 years was in 2015. Duke-Miami. Duke leading 27-24, six seconds left, and I will let Miami radio announcer Joe Zagaki take it home from here. 27-24, here's the kick. It's a squib kick. Just fall down on it, so you save some up. We're going to throw it. Here's a pass to the other side of the field, and it's caught by Corn Elder. Elder's got it at the 30-yard line. He's surrounded. Now he pitches it back to Jaquan Johnson. He picks it up on one hop. He's running backwards. He's looking for a block. He throws it backwards, and it's caught there by Mark Walton. Walton trying to keep it alive. He gets it to Jaquan Johnson. He tosses it back. Here comes another pitch, and Cornelder has it. Looks left, throws right all the way back to the goal line. Looking for a block is Dallas Crawford. He keeps it alive, chucks it all the way across the field, and it's caught there at the 15. There's a big block at the 30, to the 35, to the 40, to midfield, and still going is Cornelder. He's at the 40-yard line. Come on, oh, baby. baby! He Come won't go! go. Baby. He's at the 20, he's at the 10, at the 5. He scores! He scores! Cornelder scores! It's a touchdown! It's a touchdown! It's a miracle in Durham, North Carolina! Unbelievable! Carolina Panthers, great corn elder scoring that touchdown. So I'll miss the Coastal. I will. After all, nobody in the media has correctly predicted the champion of the Coastal Division the last two years. Except for me. You do have your your hat hung on that one, I'll say. I do. I do. It was time. It was time to uh, move off of divisions. But... Maybe North Carolina gives us one last piece of coastal chaos tomorrow night. Maybe. What says Kyle, the Amazon driver, who wants in on North Carolina Clemson? Maybe even on this reindeer debate that we've been having as well, talking about the best reindeers. We've heard arguments for the very basic Rudolph, and we've heard a good argument, I think, from Angela and High Point talking about Dancer. I'm a, I'm a Dasher guy. Vixen, I'd hear an argument for, too. Where do you stand, Kyle? 
Uh, yeah. First things first, um, big double burger tray, extra cheese with chili. If I'm feeling zesty, double fries or a honey mustard wrap with a large sweet tea. Um, you know, my man Garbage Mike called earlier and he said Santa Claus is one of his favorite movies. There it is. A little I delay, but we got the bell. Yeah, we needed a bell for that. Love that. Love that. But Santa Claus is my favorite movie. And the fact that he did not bring up Comet is almost blasphemous. Whoa! Out there in Kernersville. Because you got to understand something. Much like my Tar Heels, full shade intended, there are people that want to be the guy, people that are the guy, and people that need to be the guy. Comet is that guy. He did not move when Santa tried to check him, and he checked Santa or Scott Calvin. But that's my thought on the Ranger. Comet is the ultimate GOAT. He's the man. He's the only one that, that, that was in all three movies, right, along with my guy Bernard the Elf, who I named my Elf on the Shelf after. Nice. Um, but that's my thoughts on that. Um, Clemson, North Carolina tomorrow, and I had this thought right after the Wake Forest game. If Carolina wants to win this game, it has to go almost exactly like that Wake Forest game, okay? Um, Carolina's defense has got to come out fired up. They've got to get two quick stops, maybe even three if we're feeling zesty about it. Because one thing we all know about these big games is that it's a circus, right? And at some point during these big games, the circus pulls out of town, the smoke clears from the pyrotechnics, and a football game emerges. And when that football game emerges, Josh, we don't want to be in Clemson's way right now. I love my Tar Heels. I ride or die for them, born, bred, and dead, all that good stuff. But we've got to hit them early because if we don't, they're going to hang 40 points on us before Mr. Chizik over there has a chance to make his precious adjustment. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good analysis on both fronts, Reindeer and UNC Clemson otherwise. Thanks for the hey, call, Kyle. Even the Super Bowl turns into a football game, you feel me? I, I, I understand what you're saying. It's well said. I also appreciate the Stephen A. Smith impression. Curtisville! Excellent. So we've now heard arguments for Comet, Dancer, Dasher, and Rudolph. And mine wasn't even an argument. I just said it because it's not something I think about. wonder what Ricky Pearl thinks on this subject. Uh, I don't know. I'm not going to ask him that. Yeah. Wake Forest and Carolina Panthers legend Ricky Pearl will join the show next on The Drive. You're on The Drive with Josh excited for the game North Carolina and Clemson tomorrow night I will be there Will will be at Cameron Indoor covering Duke and Boston College that you can listen to on WSJS tomorrow but one of the cool traditions that have been developed over the years at the ACC championship is what they call ACC honors there's a dinner tonight and then on the field they will honor a representative from every single school that gets inducted year after year. And how's this for a class? You're talking about Terry Allen getting in, the former Clemson running back, Luke Keekley, whoever that is, getting in from Boston College. <laughs> uh, and it's going to be at Bank of America Stadium. And the guy whose laugh we just heard a second ago, Ricky Prohl, will be Wake Forest 
honoree this year. Of course, a Carolina Panthers great as well, and a triad guy now, Ricky Prohl, joining us here on WSJS. So let's start here. How special is it for you to see your college career at Wake Forest recognized in this kind of way? Uh, it's awesome. I mean, Wake was, you know, when I look back, uh, I was a running back, grew up playing running back, Pop Warner High School until my senior year and got moved to receiver and just kind of found home. And uh, But no one really recruited me other than uh, Wake Forest. And Pete Watson, who was my would have, would have been my coach, Al Groh, um, and then Bill Dooley coming in after my freshman year. And just such great memories, friendship that I still have today. Um, my teammates uh, met my wife there. Uh, so it was a special four years. And, and to be honored, uh, you know, I wouldn't change anything. It was just a, a, a great experience for me. And, um, you know, it just it, it's, I'm humbled. I'm humbled for this honor. David Amerson from NC State's going in, a great cornerback. Just reading some of these names, the late Demarius Thomas is going in from Georgia Tech. Oh, man, just a ton of it, – it's amazing. Darrell Rivas from Pittsburgh. I got to know, though, Donovan McNabb is the Syracuse honoree, so is there any chance 2003 comes up when you see him tonight? Oh, when Greg <laughs> Favors knocked him out, broke his ribs. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, NFC Championship game, Ricky Manning, yeah, that name comes yeah. to mind. Absolutely. Um, yeah. How many interceptions did he have that uh, Three. probably more of that game than he had all season? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, nah, it probably won't come up, but it is. You look at the list, Terrell Buckley. I mean, it's, it's oh. uh, there's a there's a ton of guys that just, you know, you watch I played against and, and or watch play far. And, and it's just uh, it's exciting. And obviously, Luke, me and Luke keep in touch and, and uh It'll be kind of cool to see him tonight, and uh, you know. But all these guys, I'm looking forward to it. Terry Allen, I mean, what you know, stud running back. We were in college at the same time, um, and, and watch him have a great NFL career. Yeah, it's probably yeah. wise not to dish stuff out because then you look around the room, and maybe Michael Vick might have a thing or two to say to you. He's the Virginia Tech nominee, and man, I, I, we were talking to Mentor not too long ago, and he said Thomas Davis was drafted specifically to try and stop that guy, and uh, it's just yeah. crazy, all all these great players who have come through this league. No, it is. It, it's uh, it's fun to watch. It's fun to, you know, um, to run into them and see some of them on TV. Some of them are doing, you know, uh, you know whether it's sports radio, sports TV, and it, it's just, uh, you know, the ACC is just a great conference, and it's just it's fun to see how it's grown over the years and, and now representatives, like you said, from Florida State. Miami and uh, Boston College, Syracuse, you just keep going down. And, uh, you know, it, it's just uh, it's a great conference with uh, some not just good football play, but great academic institutions, which is something I think we're all proud of. Ricky Prohl with us here, Wake legend, Carolina Panthers legend on WSJS. Since you had a son play at North Carolina, does that mean you have a rooting interest for the Heels tonight or tomorrow night? It does. You know, if I, if, if I rooted against, I think, he, yeah, he, he, he'd give me a hard time. But, uh, you know, obviously now it's, it's kind of nice now, though, that he's done at Carolina. My other one's done at ECU. And now I can get back to rooting for Wake Forest again. And, um, you know, because I had to put on the powder blue, had to put on the purple and gold. So it, that, that's been tough. Um, but, yeah, I, I do. When Wake's not in the, in the, uh, equation it's uh, you know I definitely uh side with with my son 
you know, with Carolina or whether it's ECU. Um, so my daughter did go to Wake, so that's good. So we have, yeah. uh, and my wife went to Wake as well. So we, we've got them all outnumbered, which is good. Just don't let anybody, Ricky, tell you that you're old over there because you can always bounce back by saying, the guy I played against as North Carolina's coach is still the guy who's North Carolina's coach. That's right. That's right. Oh, man. You know, well, when people ask me about Carolina, I mean, probably get upset some people, but people are like, Dan, don't you hate Carolina? I'm like, well, first of all, I'm from the Northeast, so I didn't, I didn't understand the rivalry and the hatred between the big four schools. And I said, no, nah, I love Carolina. I mean, I had my best games against Carolina. I, you know, I think I finished, you know, I had 25 touchdowns. I probably had seven or eight against Carolina. So, uh, you know, I had some big games and, and loved playing in that stadium. And, and uh, it was always fun playing against them, playing in, in the big four, you know. And back now it's not as – now they're not playing every year. So that that's one frustrating thing with the whole alliance and how it's worked out because we really enjoyed playing State, Carolina, and Duke every year. Ricky Prohl with us here. How You do great stuff with Prolific Park and what you have going on in Greensboro. I don't think I have ever asked you this. How did you and your wife, Kelly, decide to make Greensboro your home in the triad? You know, it's funny. I get asked that all the time. Why Greensboro? And we love it. You know, we really do. Um, we made it because I I grew up going to Giant games. So when when Carolina Panthers came to the Carolinas, I jumped on the ticket. You know, I got four tickets in 95. I didn't know I was going to play 17 years, so I held on to those tickets for all that time. Um, my wife is from Raleigh. I went to Wake Forest, so I said, boom. We just planted right in the middle of the state to where we could go to all three places, you know, within an hour, hour and a half. And that's how we ended up in Greensboro. And, it, you know, it, it uh, worked out well. And it's um, 25, God, I don't know what it's been. Now. I can't I try not to keep track how long we've been there. We've been there since I think we – when I got traded to Seattle in 94, we built our house in 95 in Greensboro. So that's that's when we've been in the triad since then. Just know that. And we we love it. Just know that Brad, yep. Brad Hoover's from about 15, 20 minutes away from you in High Point. And I, I ran into Jordan Gross on Sunday at the Panther game, and he uh, he still has this thick Brad Hoover impression. He seems to be a I'll very impressionable guy. I'll give guy. it to you right now. I'll give it to you right now. I'm Brad Hoover from Letford High School. And I, I, I'm Brad Hoover, fullback at the Carolina Panthers, and I got Lance in my football pants. <laughs> oh, I used to get yeah, one of my favorite teammates, man. Brad is a great guy with a sick country accent. <laughs> I used to give him the hardest time with that Lance Crackers commercial he had. And I got Lance in my football pants. Oh, and, De- and DeLome had the Bojangles commercials back then. Yep. 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 <laughs> I'm from Western <laughs> Carolina. Okay, let's close things with the uh, with the Panthers because what, what's interesting is you were an assistant for Carolina for five right. years alongside Steve Wilkes, and we're yep, seeing what yep. Wilkes is doing right now. What have you made of the success that Wilkes has had as an interim? Well, Steve is always you know you didn't know. Um, I mean, he was an awesome position coach, an awesome coordinator, and I don't think he got a fair shot in Arizona. I know he didn't get a fair shot at Arizona. Um, you know, he's a, he's a Charlotte native, and I'm happy for him, and, and I hope they give him a chance. I think the players are responding to him well. Um, 
you know, and, and, and obviously they'd have to clean some stuff up, make some changes, but I think he could be the guy for the job. I really do. I, I think the world of Steve, I got a lot of respect for him and, and I hope they finish strong and give him an opportunity to be the head coach next year. You know what his nickname is among the players? No, what is it? Denzel. Yeah, we used to call him Denzel. But I, the thing I'm I kind of proud of him, I'm, I'm kind of shocked. You know, he used to, he's getting anybody make man, but he used to do his hair up. And, and now, you know, he's kind of um, more authentic. But he used to, we all used to call him Denzel back then. But he was always high and tight. And, you know, he had the suit, good looking. He's still a good looking guy, obviously. Um, but he's not, you know, coloring hair. He just, he's got, he's proud to be gray, man. He's proud to get have that gray. Um, and, but I, I'm, I'm happy for him, man. And, and uh, he's a super guy and a great coach and, and a great husband and dad to boot. And uh, I hope it works out for him. Channeling his inner Remember the Titans this year, getting the team fired up. Ricky Prohl, it's good to hear your voice. I'll see you out in Charlotte this weekend. Congratulations on being recognized with ACC honors and for making the time for us. Thank you. Hope to see you. Hey, Triad, this is Rich Eisen. Catch me this evening at 6 for The Rich Eisen Show. Now back to The Drive with Josh Graham. I've been walking we buried the lead on today's show. I was just telling our general manager, Tom Hamilton, we had a great show today. I take all of it back because... There's a story that's right up this show's alley, and we haven't talked about it. So I'm going to make the executive decision for the first time ever in the history of this show to remove whatever you're going to talk about and take it to the house uh-huh. and replace it's it. it. It's worth it. Replace it with something. Yep. This might be the greatest ticket to the house ever it's- as a result, because we got Rhinestone Cowboy to sing right now, and then we got to get to this story that is so us it hurts. Okay. Like a rhinestone cowboy Riding out on a horse in a star-spangled rodeo Like a rhinestone cowboy Cowboy. Getting cards and letters from people I don't even know And offers coming over the phone Let's do it. Let's take it to the house. Past the 15, past the 10, past the 5 for the drive. We'll take it to the house. One, two, three. WD, <laughs> what are the two things we talk about too much in these take it to the house stories? Bears and cocaine. Yep. Hey, bear. Hey, bear. There was a movie coming out called Cocaine Bear. Yeah, we've never blended the two before. Cocaine Bear, and it's a true story. <laughs> oh, it is true. Oh, yeah. It's based on real events where a bear got into some cocaine in Tennessee. But someone saw that story and thought it would be funny if it turns into a real, like, turns into a thriller that this animal is just like this Jaws-like monster. And this is taking over the internet. Yeah. It's going to hit theaters. Cocaine Bear, it's one of these really funny disaster movies. It's We haven't seen something like this since Sharknado, when that became a real thing with Tara Reid, and you have famous actors in it, including one that's posthumous. Ray Liotta yeah. is in this movie. Decent cast. 
Did we make you watch Goodfellas? I don't think we have yet. Wait, is that... Who, who all's in that? Ray Liotta? Yeah. Who else? Is Matt Damon in that? No. Okay, never No, we haven't seen that. It's a gangster movie. Okay, then no, I haven't seen that. Okay. That's, let's write that down. So, Cocaine Bear. My question is, what do we do as a show? Uh, We're doing something. We go and watch it together. We and do. Maybe do a joint at the movies. Yes. Segment. Yes. I think that's it. It's an at the movies type situation. I want to involve the audience in this, though. Yeah. Figure out when this thing's coming out, because I don't see a date. When it comes out, and we're going to have a function of sorts. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> we're going to have a function. For cocaine bear. Uh, it looks like February 24th, I believe. There it is. So as a show, we're going to figure out a time to have a viewing party of sorts to watch Cocaine Bear. That's it. That's what we're going to do. It's right up our alley. It's our destiny. Ice Cube's son's in this. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Carrie Russell's in this movie? Yeah. And by the way, he has a name. His name's O'Shea Jackson Jr., and he's a really good actor. He is. He was in uh, the Kenobi show. I was going to say playing his dad in Straight Outta Compton. But yeah, that's not bad, too. Okay. Enjoy Duke in Boston College tomorrow. I will. Follow WD's coverage of that. I will be at the ACC Championship game in Charlotte. And we'll be back to recap all the happenings of a busy weekend on a Monday drive.